Welcome to My Messy Lessons, the podcast. I hope this show will encourage you to know and love yourself more, inspire you to look at things differently, or maybe just say, oh, thank God, I thought I was the only one. As you join me in my journey through life, please don't take it as the truth. I might disagree with myself 10 episodes from now, so use my discoveries simply to spark your own, to learn, think, and grow in whatever direction that takes you. I have been reflecting a lot the last few months on my experience of being engaged. As you may know, I'm engaged to an incredible human being, Neil, and we will be getting married in July of this year. I've been engaged three other times. Yep, a total of four times. (laughs) I used to feel a lot of shame around this. I would squirm in my seat whenever someone found out, but I realize now that those experiences have taught me some very valuable lessons that I wouldn't trade for anything, including my pride. So today I want to share with you the five biggest lessons I've learned from my four engagements. Number one, before I marry someone else, I need to marry myself. A few years ago, I read a book on loving myself, a few books actually on that subject, and learned a lot. I ended up having a marriage ceremony all by myself and married myself. This might be way too far and wooey for you, but it helped me to cement a few key concepts in my mind. I promised to always love, honor, and respect myself, be devoted to my growth, seek my truth, never forsake myself, honor loving relationships as food for my soul, and always come home to myself. My relationship with Neil or anyone else is based on my relationship with myself. So when I'm committed first and foremost to myself, other commitments become clearer and easier. When I look back at one of my engagements, it's clear to me that it ended because I just didn't know, trust, or honor myself. I didn't know what I wanted, what felt right, and why, and was always looking for signs and voices to tell me what to do instead of looking inwards and trusting myself. Which brings me to number two. When making big decisions, my heart, gut, and head all have to line up. In all of my past engagements, two out of the three lined up, and I figured, well, good enough. The third one will catch up. (laughs) But of course, it wasn't good enough. This is the first time all three have lined up. And let me tell you, it's amazing. (laughs) I think that that's what peace is, maybe. Maybe. When our heart, gut, and head all line up. But anyway, in past relationships, when we first got engaged, usually I was really excited, of course, for a little bit, a day or two or a week or two. And then it was all downhill. (laughs) I started feeling scared didn't want to tell anyone I was engaged. And in one case, I was so nauseous making the wedding invitations that I had a bowl beside me in case I threw up. That's a pretty big indication that something was wrong. But I just thought I was scared because I'd been engaged before and things didn't turn out. 
We always tell ourselves stories to make sense of what is going on, which is normal. But then if it's something we really need to listen to, life just yells louder and louder until we do listen, which I'm very grateful for. I definitely need that sometimes. This has been a good time for me to experience what it feels like when my head, heart, and gut all line up. I think when my head and my heart, or you could say what makes sense in my head and what I feel, when those two things agree, but my gut doesn't, there's a constant feeling of like uneasiness and ungroundedness. I think my gut is like a base feeling kind of in the background, but powerful. I feel my gut feelings in my stomach, usually, and my heart I feel in my chest. When my gut doesn't agree with something, it's like I'm always trying to get my feet under me and feel really good about the choice, you know? When my heart, so what I feel in my heart and my gut agree, but my head is on the outs, like when it doesn't make sense to me, um, I'm confused a lot. (laughs) I second guess myself an inordinate amount and try to reason things out, basically trying to persuade myself. When my gut and my head agree, but not my heart, which really doesn't happen that often, um, I can't really get excited or happy about my choice. I lack the motivation or forward movement to it. Um, I always thought that I should follow my heart, you know? You hear that all the time. But in my experience, at least, I need to follow the choices where all three line up. Just following my heart isn't a great idea for me. But leaving it out isn't the answer either. It just has to agree with the other parts of me. (laughs) Honestly, I think these engagements, it's just been a really big journey for me in learning to trust myself. It's really hard to back out of an engagement when everyone is excited for you, when you've made this promise to marry someone, bought a dress, and have received engagement gifts especially the third time you do it. Take it from me. It definitely doesn't get easier. It gets harder. Like it multiplies how hard it is. It's embarrassing for some reason. Like, why didn't I figure this out sooner? But when something doesn't feel 110%, especially something this big, it's not, it's just not something I'm willing to bet the rest of my life on or his life on. And I'm proud of myself for standing by that and knowing that to me, it was crucial to trust how I felt, even if it was at the cost of my pride and what other people might think of me. So number three, but I love him is not a good reason or an excuse. Nothing good happens when this is part of a sentence. I didn't learn this on my own. I read it in a book by Dr. Laura Schlesinger. I'm pretty sure that's how you say your last name. Called 10 Stupid Things Women Do to Mess Up Their Lives. (laughs) Yeah, catchy, right? (laughs) Anyway, it's a great book. But yeah, this is one of the points. She says, if you find your rational sense being overridden by mushy feelings, know that you're probably on the wrong track. Stop with the, oh, I know he's 
abusive or mean, cold, uncommunicative, jealous, negative, bullying, violent, addicted, controlling, workaholic, etc., etc., etc. But I love him. The I love him does not erase what came before. Even if I didn't love Neil, I think we would get along, have great conversations, and live in relative harmony. I don't just love him, I like him too. And our values are a really good match. There is no, well, this and that, but I love him in this relationship. I guess when I used but I love him as a reason in past relationships, which I definitely did, it was because I was excusing behavior I wouldn't otherwise accept. Or it was a way of trying to rationalize to my gut, maybe. Number four. Just because a relationship ends, does that mean it was a failure? What do you think? I used to think this way. That my engagements that didn't end in marriage were failures. Now, I believe all relationships are not meant to last a lifetime. I believe that breaking up was the best thing for both of us at the time in each situation. And thus, that makes it actually a success. Why do we think if we quit a relationship or a job that it means we failed? We've all heard the phrase, some relationships are meant for a reason, some are meant for a season, and some are meant for a lifetime. That doesn't mean the ones you have for a reason or a season are a failure. That's what they were intended for. They're the best when they're a reason or a season. (laughs) They're exactly what you needed when you needed them, and that means that that is perfect. The length of them is perfect, whether it's, you know, a week or two years or 10 years. I don't know. It's just all relationships are not meant to be a lifetime relationship, I think. Number five, I mentioned this a lot, but I'll talk about it briefly again because it's so important. My fifth lesson I learned is that I need to take responsibility for myself, which of course ties into everything else I've said. So often I would take care of my partner at my own expense, like not saying something that needed to be said because I didn't want to give them more to deal with or I didn't want to hurt them. But meanwhile, it was hurting me. Taking responsibility for myself means that I need to take up space. Do you know what I mean? Taking up space in a relationship, like I need to say what I need to say and do what I need to do. And not wait until I hurt so much that I can no longer have a conversation about it and hear the other person's side. Taking responsibility for myself also means not blaming the other person for how I feel, but working that out on my own. It means setting boundaries. It means not expecting the other person to meet my needs. Does Neil meet my needs? Of course. Often. But I can't expect him to. That's not his job. That's mine. I need to make sure I'm meeting my own needs. And then when he meets a need of mine, it's a bonus. He's adding to my life, not completing it. Does that make sense? Taking responsibility for myself also means dealing with my own emotions, at least in part, before bringing an issue to Neil so that we can discuss things cleanly and not get overwhelmed by feelings. Last week, Neil was upset with me about something, but he waited all day before he talked to me about it. He waited until he wasn't as upset so we could have a clean and clear conversation about it. 
it was super uncomfortable to just sit in that and him being mad at me. But I knew what he was doing. And so I didn't push him. And when he was ready and took responsibility for himself, he came to me and we talked about it. I was so proud of him for that. It was really amazing to watch, actually. And I was proud of myself as well for sustaining that level of uncomfortability and not pushing him. Seriously, like from a recovering people pleaser, (laughs) to let somebody be mad at me for a whole day, that's an accomplishment. (laughs) Um, You know, it wasn't perfect on either end, but it was pretty darn good. Of course, I'm just learning all of this, so I forget this half the time, but I'm getting better. So to conclude, I am grateful for my past, even though these were really difficult times of my life, because it's brought me invaluable lessons that have made my present reality with Neil a possibility. Today, I want you to ask yourself one or all of these questions so that you learn from my past. (laughs) Do you really listen to what your mind, heart, and gut say? Do you know the difference between the three? Do you stand by yourself in decisions? Or do you do something anyway to make people happy or to not take up space in relationships? Also, do you take responsibility for your own needs? Are you first and foremost committed to yourself? Coming from someone who has been engaged more or less a billion times, (laughs) I would highly encourage you to get married to yourself. Then and only then to someone else, if that's what you want. This is Phoebe. Thank you for listening to My Messy Lessons. If you'd like to continue this discussion, visit my Facebook group called My Messy Lessons, The Community, and ask to be accepted into it. I would love to hear about your experiences or questions on these subjects. If you like this podcast and want to get each episode as it comes out, remember to hit the subscribe button on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. If you have questions, comments, or would like to access the show notes, please visit my website at www.mymessy.com. The intro and closing music is Never Back Down by Floor Broad. See you next week. And remember, we're all messy. That's what makes us beautiful. <laughs>